What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs. And on today's episode of Locked on Dolphins, we're going to be exploring the NFL Combine and how to watch this year's event with the Dolphins' specific needs and perceived systems in mind and, and what tests are going to be most relevant to the kinds of players we perceive the Dolphins are going to be looking for. Tap in. Let's get after it here on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and uh, pretty pumped. Talking NFL Combine, talking, you know, the approach to the NFL Combine from a Dolphins-specific lens today and how I'm going to be looking for key measures and athletic testing and height, weight, speed profiles and trying to continue to crack the code on what kinds of different types of players Miami is going to gravitate towards based off the decision to, to bring in Coach McDaniel and the, the Shanahan-style system uh, to run the offense. And uh, the continuation of the Patriots style defense, which, you know, thankfully we have a little bit better idea of, of what that DNA looks like. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. And with that in mind, we got like 11 different position groups to try and swim through. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in. The position group that I, I think you get the least amount of value from is a position group that I don't think the Dolphins are, are going to be entertaining, maybe for a backup type position, but the quarterback position at the end, and that at the NFL Combine. So much of that comes down to the whiteboard and the interviews and the football intelligence and things that we're really not going to have any level of, of perspective on anyway. Uh, but when you consider the Dolphins probably aren't going to be in the market, but, but, but could potentially draft a, a backup type, a developmental backup. You'd like guys with a little bit of mobility. And uh, even in this offense, the ability to, to roll and move the pocket. So um, guys got to be a plus athlete. So I think about like Carson Strong uh, from Nevada, who has a big arm, um, likes to push the ball vertically down the field. But I know his style of play by itself is just automatically not going to be a good fit for the Dolphins. Uh, but some of these other guys, you know, uh, they're going to be drafted before Miami is in consideration to, to open their minds to a quarterback. And if we're being completely honest about this year's class, uh, there's zero players that I would find to be any what appealing as a developmental type backup quarterback. You know, the drop from QB6 to QB7 uh, in this year's group is massive. Maybe Skylar Thompson from Kansas State. This guy's a good athlete. He was at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, has a pretty live arm. That athletic dynamics. Um, I, th I think he's going to test really well as far as just showcasing himself as a natural athlete. Uh, so that, that's kind of my mentality for the quarterback position with the, the Dolphins. But the running back position is interesting, right? Because you think about the different speeds of the backs that this Shanahan system has had success with, whether it's Mostert as a guy who is a blazer or this year, Eliza Mitchell as a guy who's more in between the tackles 
uh, and more physical and downhill type back. And historically, there, there's plenty of examples of um, Alfred Morris you know, as another between-the-tackles type guy to compliment when they had Robert Griffin III in Washington. And uh, Robert was kind of the speed dynamic in the run game. So uh, there's, there's plenty of different DNAs. So you think about the running back position, and I'm not necessarily looking for 40-yard dash speed. Uh, I, I do think you'd ideally like to get, because the Dolphins so desperately need somebody that can take that mantle of the primary pack, would love to see them go after, secure a player who uh, has some density and some power, some explosiveness. Because that's, I mean, you think about all the backs. Duke popped for us because he was explosive. And that was obviously in a different system, but things that measure your explosiveness are your 10-yard split, your vertical jump, your broad jump. Those are are measures of lower body explosiveness. Uh, That 10-yard split is that initial burst. Um, And I think that's important for the kind of backs the Dolphins are going to be looking for because when you've got to stick your foot in the ground and explode upfield, that is going to determine whether or not you're going to stick your foot in the ground and get into that hole as it's developing, or you're not. And of course, instincts. Uh, but you can't measure that in the, in the combine on the athletic testing. And then uh, your agility, your change of direction skills. So your shuttles, both your short shuttle, your 20-yard shuttle, and I think that that's a pretty good base. 10-yard split, the jumps, and short shuttles for running backs. And you're looking for really good times there. And the guys who have their really good times but are bigger players are going to be the guys that really grab my attention the most. For wide receivers, uh, we've kind of alluded to this already, there's different flavors that the Dolphins can ultimately choose. And it's going to be a choose-your-own-adventure. Well, they can create whatever they want to create with wide receivers if they want more separators or they want more size and physicality. But I actually think the most valuable test for wide receivers, because there's different archetypes, isn't a test at all. It's a drill. So the drill that I'm going to be most looking forward to for trying to identify players that are going to make sense for the Dolphins is the gauntlet drill. And this is where they catch the two throws along the sideline, and then they take off all the way across the field, and they get our turn to the left and catch a ball and turn to the right and catch a ball and turn left to catch a ball. They end up catching like seven balls when it's all said and done, and they get to the sideline. On the other side, they got to catch one along the sideline and turn upfield and get upfield. The objective of that drill for the player executing it is you want to stay as tight on the yard line that you are running the drill as you possibly can. So if my head turns to the right to catch a ball, I don't want to see my body start to drift three yards off that yard line, and then my eyes are going to come back the other way, and I'm going to drift, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm covering five, six yards of, of space horizontally. I'm wasting movement while my eyes are moving to track the football. And I think about the kinds of receivers we're going to perceive in this offense that are probably going to be running a lot of stuff over the middle of the field 
Uh, that's how you're going to generate some of those run after catch opportunities that the that the Dolphins are going to be exploring and looking to find ways to maximize. And you got to have good body control to make sure you're in the proper position as you are moving in a three dimensional space to get your eyes back to the quarterback and catch the football, and then simultaneously get your eyes back upfield and identify the where, where the rush lines are. And if you're not economic with your movements in those situations you're going to open the door for the defenders to come in and close on you. So the gauntlet drill for wide receivers, because they have so many different directions in which they could go and how they want to choose what skill set they're looking for. The gauntlet drill for wide receivers is going to be what I am most invested in finding players that are successful in that drill that I think are going to make sense for the Dolphins. Tight ends. um, It's tough. Uh, because you, you're not going to get the value in the blocking component. So you got to look from a physicality perspective. So um, guys with size are going to have to be qualifiers. I don't think 240-pound tight ends are going to cut it for the Dolphins in this system unless they're going to be used as an H or in the backfield. Uh, so they're going to have to be bigger guys. Uh, have some some length, have some upper body strength. I know the bench press is kind of a uh, overly simplified way to view the world of uh, being strong as a football player, but it does showcase you know who are the guys that have spent their four years or three years in college uh, in the weight room and have been investing in building up their body and gives you weight room strength because you, you've properly built your body. So it is something that I, I will note. It's not going to be a deal breaker, especially guys that have real long arms uh, that, that create some challenges to being able to successfully throw weight around at a nonstop basis. So, uh, but that's uh, tight ends. I, I expect size. I want some functional strength. Um, that's probably going to be the, the qualifiers that really jump off for me if the Dolphins are going to look to draft and continue to build that rebuild that tight end room with renewed focus in this system. Football season is over, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Offensive linemen. And of course, this is of great interest to us all because we know how much this offensive line has struggled. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> over the last couple of years. And I do think there is going to be a departure in kind of the physical ideology. I think there has to be. I do think there are some players who have the athletic profiles to, to project favorably. Uh, I do think Robert Hunt does that. I think Michael Dieter does that. I think Austin Jackson does that. The question is, are there upgrade opportunities for those players uh, along the way that are going to make sense? But I think about what Coach McDaniel talked about when he was going through his initial circuit with the team, and he said, you know, ideally they'd all be 400 pounds. It's 6'8", 400 pounds. And so I do think size matters as long as you're not compromising functional athleticism and the ways that the Dolphins have traditionally in the past gone after 
size and functional athleticism, and they wanted raw power, and they wanted weight and mass. And uh, I do expect that to change. I think lateral agility and explosiveness uh, is going to be a more coveted athletic profile for offensive linemen in this regime. So I'm probably going to be looking for guys who showcase a good, strong level of quickness and agility. So both your shuttles, or both your agility drills, your three-cone drill and your short shuttle for Dolphins offensive linemen, I think is going to be critical because when you're running these zone-style concepts, you have to have the lateral agility to out-leverage and gain leverage on gaps that you might not have initially at the snap. But the concept of a zone rushing play is that you are going to string out the entire front and you are going to, as defenders declare themselves into gaps, you are going to use their momentum against them, transition your body into a leveraged position and ride them out and try to escort them out of potential pathways of the running back. And then the running back has a menu of, okay, my initial read on wide zone might be that end man on line of scrimmage. Does he set the edge? If he does, my eyes are going to have to come back inside and I'm going to have to sweep back across as I am working through the mesh point and pressing the hole. But if my offensive tackle is able to successfully get width and get out over top of that player. And then I start to see that end man on line of scrimmage turned out where my offensive tackle has his back leveraged to the sideline. That's when I can hit the accelerator and press to the outside and then get north and I get a a corner that I can challenge in a one-on-one situation and try and create an explosive play. And every single player on the offensive line, you know, if you're running wide zone, you are stepping and you are really trying to expand and, and horizontally create holes in the front that are going to put linebackers in conflict where they have to choose a hole. And once they choose an area to fill, the back can cut off of that and make that player wrong. And then boom, you've got a compromised front. Nobody's kept all their gaps with consistency. The linebacker or the offense defensive lineman can't get off the block on the A-level of the defense. The linebacker had to fill and void and fill because somebody horizontally was stretched open and compromised, and now you got backs on defensive backs for, for explosive plays. So the agilities for offensive linemen versus the broad jump, which we've, we've kind of preached has been what the Dolphins have been most dialed in on, uh, is where my eyes and attention are going to be in the guys who end up being the biggest and best height, weight, speed, plus agility are the guys I'm going to be most excited about. But size doesn't have to be a disqualifier in this offensive system quite like it is in other offensive systems. So food for thought. Um, when you get to the defensive line, this is where life becomes a little easier because we're talking now about a system that the Dolphins are trying to maintain what they have successfully built. And 
for defensive linemen, it's going to be a continuation of length, and power, and probably some twitch. I do think that's one thing the Dolphins did this past year with Jalen Phillips is they went out and they got a high-level athlete. They weren't just relying on, well, we want, we're comfortable with guys who run 5'9 or 4'9 in the 40 uh, because they've got 34.5-inch arms and we're going to scheme pressures. Well, no, they went out and they got a dynamic athlete. And I think the more dynamic athletes that you can, can collect, the better. Um, and this year's draft class is going to have a number of guys who are plus athletes, but they have that same size. I think if you look at Emmanuel Agba's athletic profile, players who can closely replicate that as much as possible are players that are probably going to jump out to you as potential replacements for Emmanuel Agba. And this is assuming Agba walks out the door. Uh, one thing you should definitely replace, though, is the, any built bars that you've emptied their boxes in your cabinets. Make sure you, you get yourself some fresh boxes. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. They're absolutely positively a top of the first round protein bar. Right now, you can visit Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% on your next order, the world's most delicious protein bar. But if, if Agba walks, I mean, I can point to any number of defensive linemen. Logan Hall from Houston, Cameron Thomas from San Diego State, uh, Kingsley Enig Barre from South Carolina, Josh Pascal from Kentucky. Um, keep going. Esesi Otomo uh, from Minnesota, Jeffrey Gunter from Coastal Carolina, Alex Wright from UAB. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Deshaun Dixon. Uh, from Norfolk State, and these are all players that are available at, at different junctures of the draft. Uh, Hall and Thomas would probably be first-round guys. Enigbari, Pascal, uh, those guys are probably second-round, maybe third-round, but you probably have to. You probably couldn't get them outside the top 100, uh, which is where I know, know there's kind of a natural cutoff right now for Miami. Uh, Otomu's probably a day three pick. Gunter's probably a late round pick. Wright's probably a late round pick. So uh, th there's look, go, go to mockdraftable.com and pull up Emmanuel Agba, and you can get an appreciation for what that athletic profile looks like with how long he is. And uh, that's the kind of skill set if, if you're drafting an edge uh, that you're going to need. On the interior defensive line, uh, I'm actually not even going to entertain it because we have a lot of depth. Um, and, and I think the most valuable thing for, for the Dolphins from an interior defensive line perspective is versatility. Uh, obviously, they, they're going to play a gap control front. They have traditionally played a gap control front. And, and although jo Josh Boyer could certainly uh, put some tweaks into the specifics on, on philosophically what they're doing, but that's what we're expecting. Um, but the linebacker position, I think there's a couple different ways that this can go. If we're filling the Elan and Roberts role, then you are going to need a Elan and Roberts type player who can win in Elan and Roberts type ways. The good news is there are a ton, ton of linebackers that I feel can successfully fit this role. We've talked about Devin Lloyd. But you're looking for guys 
that have that 235, 240, or more, and I want to see their 10-yard split. I want to see how initially explosive they are to get downhill. And they're, they're, both of their shuttle drills are important as well because you have to be able to play in and around traffic. And that was the thing with Roberts that I thought really hurt him in so many instances in which he's trying to fill the run and get fit for a tackle but it required him to make these late dynamic adjustments in a three-dimensional plane that his body just couldn't turn. The flexibility wasn't there for him to corner and reposition and challenge effectively late. So guys who have the body control to bend late and get a maximum amount of their wingspan or their, their shoulder pads onto tackles, but you got to understand, when you fill the hole, the back's going to cut and react. You're, he's not just going to run into your chest. So when that back tries to make that jump cut late when you've squared him up in the hole, can you flash and react? That comes down to being able to move your feet, being able to bend. Those things are measured in the shuttles. So 10-yard split and shuttles for linebackers are going to be the things that I'm really, really dialed into. But guys who are doing it at 235-plus pounds, Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma, Darian Beavers, Damon Clark, Quay Walker, Leo Chennault. These are the guys that, that, you know, just, and these are all potential top 100 selections that I'm going to be really dialed in on and looking at like, okay, how do you handle those circumstances? I hope you handle your circumstances by coming back and seeing us. We got two more episodes yet this week. NFL Combine Week here in Indianapolis. We are going to be here for you every step of the way. So make sure you keep it locked in. Right here on Locked On Dolphins of Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening to the show. We're not covering the secondary. This, this, team's, this team is set in the secondary. And uh, as such, we're going to make sure we dive into the combine today. I'm getting ready to head out the door, head over to the convention center. Here's some prospects. Talk Mike McDaniel speaks to the media today. So I'm going to get locked in. Hope you stay locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening.